0: Hello, and welcome to Spirit of Success Teaching Thursday. I am your host, Dr. Tracy Debbie, and for the first episode, this is episode two, for the first episode, I literally tried to play my intro music, but this time I'm actually going to keep my word. I said there's absolutely no extra production on um, these episodes, and I'm not even going to try. There is none. It is just literally me sitting down to record. Um I'm pulling ideas from questions that I get from people, um, from clients, and also podcast listeners. So um, what I want to talk about today is what are the first real steps you can take to overcome burnout? So if you haven't heard my burnout episode, um, please check it out. Um, But one of the things that I felt so uncomfortable talking about for such a long period of time, and I feel more comfortable talking about it now, obviously, is that I truly believe that burnout is a soul crisis. I don't think it's just about the environment and I don't think it's just about the person. I think that it's about the soul, which is different. Um, And the reason why I think it's so different is because we each have a purpose here. I talked about it in the show. We each have a purpose here that lives within our heart. And when I started listening to that, everything started to change but there was a not but and there was a process to go along with that so I wanted to take this episode to um, share with you a little bit about why I found it so challenging and how I overcame those challenges and I'm hearing the same thing from other people which is why I wanted to address it today so my opinion about um burnout being a soul crisis may be new for people or it may be old. Like, I have no idea. Um, like I said, I didn't see a lot of people talking about it in that way. Um, I gave a really great definition um, from Christina. Um, oh, my God, her name is blanking on my head. But anyway, um, there's so many people. Um, anyway, so I highly suggest you check out that episode first to hear a little bit more of the background on my opinions on burnout um, before you hear this one. So, the first thing that I would suggest is to get really clear on what you want. And I know that that is a can feel sometimes like a big question like, what do you want? And this is because, so let me go, like, let me just try to put this together for you. So the what do you want question took me a really long time to answer for myself. And that's because I jumped to the big want, like, what do I want from life? What is the purpose of me being here? Like, why? And you will get to that answer. But, my suggestion is starting with something that's a little bit more tangible and small, like for some people, choosing what they want for dinner is difficult um or they give in to what somebody else wants and not what they want and I suggest that you stick to your guns about what you want and you you get that, or you at least speak your 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 opinion and your voice about what you want instead of just giving in to what someone else wants because that's easier. Um, one of the things that I learned was about how we are programmed as a child. So if you remember me talking about the conscious and subconscious mind, we're basically just subconscious minds up until the age of seven. Something that's really interesting, and this is again true for most families in North America, and is definitely true for my family. My parents are um, immigrants to to this country, so it's no fault for them. It's something they were taught as well but a lot of the programming that i heard and was uh, was surrounded by was around what do you need you don't need that you don't need that you don't need that so whenever i mean kids freaking want everything they want the moon they want the stars they want they want everything they have all these desires and wants and everyone is okay with that when we're kids but then as we start to grow up and get a little bit older society tells us that we can't want things anymore or if we're daydreaming in class we get in trouble from the teacher because that's not falling in line that makes everyone's job harder Um, we're labeled as and I say we because I was that kid um, we're labeled as you know we can't learn we're not we're not interested when really we just have an active imagination thinking about things we can create or even things that we want um, so that really early on puts a damper on the whole wanting thing um, and then if that happens enough before the age of seven we just we just stop wanting things literally and again I can go into more detail about this but I, I don't know if that interests people I just want to introduce this idea to you really that at one point we all come here wanting things we don't know it's wrong to want things especially as kids but um, Depending on the you know, the the situation you were born into with your parents, if there wasn't a lot of money around, then definitely if there wasn't enough, if if you grew up with that idea that there wasn't enough, um and when and and that applied to money, then you were you were more more than likely taught that it was not okay to want things and have desires, and it was, it probably came from your parents not being sure that they could provide those. For themselves, let alone for you. Um, And then there's also a lot of programming around safety and security. Um, So wanting things implies that things have to change and you have to grow and develop develop as a person. And that can trigger our safety and security um, senses because most people like to stay exactly where they are. If you remember in one of my episodes, I talked about the stinky diaper People would rather stay in their, in their situation even though they're not happy because it's familiar and the threat of something being new and unfamiliar is so terrifying that people will stay in really shitty circumstances and when I say shitty, if you are in a job that you don't love that you're literally just doing for a paycheck. You don't like the people you work with. You don't enjoy the work you do. You have a lot of obligations with kids um, or, you know, elderly parents. I hear a whole bunch of different things, right? If you're, if you don't feel happy in what you're doing or fulfilled or satisfied on some level, then it could be very scary to change things, right? Um, There's a lot of, um, As you start to change and as you start to listen to the desire in your heart, I'm going to be quite frank with you, and we've talked about it on the show, you have to be very careful who you share these deep wants with because, like I said, it triggers their own safety mechanism. So yeah, it triggers yours and it triggers theirs. And what people want do unconsciously, so no one's doing this because they don't love you or they don't care about you, but unconsciously they want to shut it down because that means that a you might leave them or you don't love them and b that they might have to change too and that's a huge unknown for them so that's why it it becomes a more complicated question um because i couldn't figure out for so long like why is it so fucking hard for me to answer this question what do i want because like I said, I was a dreamer. I was used to like coming up with, you know, random ideas of things. But then over time, I just I completely stopped having any kind of want and desire. I mean, you can add on another layer of being a woman in today's society where we're basically taught to sacrifice everything for our family, um, you know, and, you know, giving birth to like children, wanting to take care of them um, a lot of that onus, I'm not going to say now, but it used to fall on the mother. And then there became a question of, you know, you know, what you do after mat leave. So in Canada, we are blessed to have an extended mat leave, um, which now can be taken between the, the mother and the father, but that idea, those ideas still live in people's subconscious. Um, So you add that kind of like martyr status of like having to give up your work and your job for this baby um, is still programmed into us today, right? It still lives on in our subconscious mind, in our belief system. So again, you do this thing for your kid, Um, which brings me to another really big point that I stumbled upon was I don't want to appear selfish. If I want things, does that make me selfish? And I would basically, I mean, being a healthcare provider, if you're labeled or you believe yourself to be selfish, I mean, you feel like a horrible person. You got into this field to help other people. I mean, if you think about it in society, we celebrate people who are selfless, right? Think about it. And in every movie, the the good guy is the one that that like does everything for everybody else but and then and and then this is another one that I've been aware very recently if you think about sports especially team sports the player who plays through you know injury he cares about the team because he's willing to sacrifice his personal health and the longevity of his career that's what makes them a, you know, selfless player and a and a, and a good player. Um, if somebody wants to take their rehab and recovery seriously and not play, you know, they're not they're they're not labeled and and judged the same way. It's judged very differently, um, which I think is such a fascinating thing that we celebrate. You know, it's you you see this in football all the time. If somebody gets injured um it's like numb it spray the shit on it give him something to like (laughs) help with the pain and then go go like go back on the field and that person is celebrated that person is celebrated we don't know what happens after the game when he has to go home and is in so much pain and he can't interact with his children right we as a as a society care about that guy entertaining me on the field And a lot of players talk about this kind of thing, this like mental um, game that they have to play, Um, not just in like the sporting thing, but when it comes to their health as well, Um, because they're not robots. They are humans, right? With a life outside of said sport. So again, I bring it up because these things are celebrated and these ideas live in our subconscious. And I've made peace with them now, Um, but it took me a process to figure out like, Again, why is this question so difficult? And that's why I'm spending time on it today because, again, there's this feeling deep within me and my heart that I am not the only one who feels this way because more and more people are being vocal with their burnout symptoms or it's just honestly showing because there comes a point where you don't have to talk about burnout, but it shows because your performance just decreases. And you push people away who care about you and who you truly care about, because you don't you don't have anything to give to interact. And this is this ties in perfectly to the point that I wanted to make about being selfish. because um, if you think about it, if you don't give to yourself, like I want you to ask yourself this question, because I asked myself this thought experiment or question. When you feel burnt out? Because if you're listening to this at some point, you've experienced burnout. I'm sure of it. When you feel burnt out or when you start to feel those symptoms coming on, on a scale from zero to like a hundred, what percent do you think you are able to give to other people, whether that's your family, people you work with, anybody that you interact with? Like what percent do you feel like you can truly give like I want that I want you to answer that for yourself. You can do it now or you can do it later. And then I want you to ask yourself when you take care of yourself. And maybe you haven't even experienced this before, but I want you to imagine just for a second, just for now, for here. This is just between you and you, right? Or me and you. No one has to know. Just imagine that you were able to take care of the, of yourself the way you want. And I'm not going to give you um, a prescription for this because it's different for everybody. Like for some people, taking a bath is like the ultimate self-care. You know, doing facials, getting their nails done, eating healthy for them or eating high quality food or food that tastes good or food that feels good in your body. Like people forget that food feels good. When you eat food that's that your body just accepts, it feels good. Like I think I talked about it on the podcast. I don't remember. I um, I drove really far, um, last year to go to a farmers market in a, in the uh, town that I went to um, undergrad in, um, which is if you're local here, it's the Saint Saint Jacob's Farmers Market, and I met so many farmers, like the actual people who like work on these farms, and I was eating green beans. And I remember just crunching into this green bean and I was eating it raw actually. And I remember just making this noise because this green bean was so good. And my body just was so excited that I was eating this food and I forgot how a tasty green beans can be, but B what that felt like, you know, like I got caught up in the same kind of pandemic stuff where I just wanted to eat fast food and, you know, food that was easy to pre- prepare because I didn't have the energy to actually cook, I'm going to call it a real quote unquote meal for, for me. And that really changed things for me. It really sparked something in me where I realized like I'm worthy of feeling this way, which again, maybe is not a conversation for this podcast, but I wanted to talk about the taking care of yourself, right? Like what does that feel like for you. I didn't even know there's cat going crazy. Um I didn't even know what that felt like for me. Right? And so when I do those things, when I take care of myself and I ask myself the same question, how much can I give? I can always give more to other people. I can be a productive um person in society the way I know I'm capable can give more to my clients I can be there for my friends everybody's going through something right I mean I talked about it last week we're in this new emergency break aka lockdown aka you know things not feeling um things are feeling restrictive let's say that way and everybody has some kind of feelings around it we all just want to get our hair cut (laughs) or maybe that's just me um, I have really long hair, um or I really just want to eat with my friends, or I want to go travel like we all want to do these things, right? So we're all going through something, and so just to hold space for another person or have someone hold space for you in order to do these things and in order to show up to conversations that may be hard, right? We all spent a lot of time with each other in the in the pandemic. I learned a lot about relationships, especially with the people closest to me. Um, in order for me to show up and be able to set boundaries and um, just show up and like be the person that I know I'm capable of being in these conversations and make decisions in order to do all of that I have to be able to like I have to allow myself to want to take care of myself and then know that I'm worthy and deserving of that and so the whole point of this show is really, I want you to get comfortable asking yourself the question, what do you want? Because when you first ask it, it's going to be so uncomfortable. You're going to be so uncomfortable. And I'm not prescribing that, but I'm just saying for all these reasons that I just talked about, and there are more, these are the two biggest ones. And again, I'm noting my time here. I do not want to go over the 20 minute mark too much. So there are more things I could talk about, but I wanted to just leave it with these two things. Um, for you to think about and I'm gonna leave you with the the like last thing that I want to leave you with is this idea that really changed things for me like really changed things and I wish I had the passage in front of me but I read a lot of books like a lot of books and I don't read them in the way that you might think I don't like speed read them I'm not like into that with um, Jim Quick but I study them So one thing that Bob Proctor really taught me was about studying and not studying things um, in the way that you think about in school, but this is like a really enjoyable study for understanding. Like if I understand something and I'm aware of it, then I can change it. I, I can change my life. So he used to always say, everything is awareness. Like at the end of the day, everything comes down to awareness. And I couldn't figure, I was like, what the hell does that mean? Everything is awareness. I was so, I did, I was so naive. I was so ignorant back then. And now I get it because you, you know, there's so many, there's so many things we can do. I'm like so excited There's there's so many things we can do as humans. But if you're not aware of these things, it could literally be outside your front door. And if you're not aware of it, like there could be a gift outside of my front door right now. But if I'm not aware of it, I can't get excited about this gift. I can't go get it and like open it. So it really comes down to awareness, awareness, awareness. So if you keep asking yourself this question, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Eventually, you will get answers and not you will get, you will become aware of them. It's like you'll be doing something completely where you're not thinking, like in the shower, walking your dog, cooking. That's where I get a lot of mine. You'll be doing something and then all of a sudden you'll get this like random spark. Maybe it's a thought, maybe it's a feeling, maybe it's, it's, it's an idea, it's something. You'll get that. Build off that. Build off that. And the reason why, and this is the like last quote that I want to leave you with, is my mentor told me, That your wants and your desires from your heart are, is life wanting to express itself through you. Let me say that again. Your desires, your wants is life trying to express itself through you. So I want you to remember that when the ideas or the thoughts come up around you being selfish, I want you to remember that it's life wanting to express itself through you. Now, is there going to be a period of change and and all of that associated with it? 100%. There's always a period of change all the time. Seasons are changing and we get excited about it when seasons change. And that can actually be how you can reprogram your mind around your wants. So I'm going to leave it at that. I will pick up this conversation if you want, if you want, next time. Um, But this is something I hear and something that I felt really strongly to address based on the feedback I got from the burnout episode. So like I said, I am here for you. I want to support you. I don't do this alone. I keep talking about coaches and mentors I had because I couldn't get my head out of my ass. And I was too emotionally involved with my own story to be able to see it for what it was. So This is the kind of work that I offer you and other people. I have one-on-one spots that are are open right now. I only have four. Um, If you want to work with me, if you resonate with anything that that I'm saying at all, and you want to have a conversation to see if we would be a good fit, um, I'm going to drop my links below. I also have a group program coming out where it's going to be more experiential because the way to change any belief is to is to create a new experience. So I am going to be talking about that because this stuff is so important and I want to share what I know with you. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Like I said, this is really fun for me. So please let me know what you think. It's really important that I hear back from you because um, I want this to be a, a conversation and dialogue between us. So thank you so much for listening. Let me know what you think. I can't wait to drop a new interview episode on Monday and I will see you here next Thursday. Enjoy your day.